Good afternoon, morning, evening. What's up, my trigger proof family? Namaste. Give me a hashtag replay if you're watching this for the from the replay. Uh, chances are you are, because I didn't have this scheduled. It just came through. Uh, after looking at several people who've been reaching out in a really big bind, like catastrophe, it's like blow up, it's like explosion, the elephant in the room that was discovered all of a sudden. And I say elephant in a room because it's usually something that we understand to be true. We know it, we actually know that it's there, but we just don't want to deal with it. We don't want to talk about it because we have a very low tolerance of pain. And uh, I'm about to get uncomfortable and share very truthfully uh, a topic that I'd rather not. In fact, I have been toying about an hour uh, not hitting the go live button because I didn't really want to have this conversation. And, um, and there's a lot of shame around this conversation and it's yet it's super duper important why because well we talk about each other's triggers and we talk about taking responsibility for them and we talk about the most important thing that you can have in your life ever that makes life worth living is a securely attached relationship and secure attached relationships don't often come just on their own they don't just happen you don't just kind of like get lucky and have it. I mean, you can. That's kind of like hitting the lottery. If you have one without doing any work and you stumbled on one and you have a securely attached relationship where you feel safe to be seen, you can take off the mask and be yourself and fully express your truth and feel safe doing so, you've done that without any work. Like my hats off go to you. I would actually love to talk to you I'd like to get on a call and just interview you maybe and get to know like how did that happen because creating a secure attached relationship or finding somebody who's securely attached as a partner based on kind of like their own sense of safety and security within themselves is kinda like winning the lottery there's an there's a uh, there's been an equivalency of winning the lottery so in order to have, from my experience, and you could be an outlier, you could be where, you know, completely an outlier. Um, the people that I know the, 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 that have a securely attached relationship where their home is a safe space, um, they had to work at it. They had to actually work at it. And work involves sometimes having conversations that are not very comfortable. So I'm going to be practicing that because I've been doing that work and the work that we do with our clients in our programs is really geared towards guiding us to, to having uncomfortable conversations because the name of the game is intimacy. What we really want. What we want is relationships where we can take off the mask and be ourselves and feel seen and then have the other person feel seen and loved and be able to express their full selves without restriction. That's intimacy, that's secure attachments, and it's really fucking rare. 
And the reason why I am speaking about it as a chiropractor, why the hell should I talk about it as a chiropractor, is because I saw patterns with my patients throughout my practice that people who weren't in securely attached relationships and had unresolved emotional wounds had a tendency to get triggered in today and have destruction and chaos happen in the relationships in their lives and in the work relationships in their lives, relationships in general, they had problems in intimacy. And I would notice this pattern, but I didn't really know what to do about it. I couldn't help them. I would see it. I would teach them tools to change their stress, kind of like take past events, find the benefits, see how it is in divine order. You know, the, all the classic Demartini tools. I could do that, no problem. But it still didn't it still didn't solve the problem of what happens to my body in the moment of activation. What happens to that impulse that I can't control? What happens to this need inside my cognitive brain that says, well, I really want to be in this relationship, but my body which says, I want to fuck as many people as possible and get as much attention from women, all these women as possible. because. I can't really settle down with one. I couldn't merge those two together. <laughs> Does that make sense? I didn't know how to put all that together. And so it wasn't until I had my last breakup and I had, you know, I looked at my own life. Every single relationship that I've ever been in, there was infidelity. I was cheating. And it wasn't because. I didn't love the person it was because you know I had to understand why I'm gonna talk about that today and as soon as I figured it out and got it right I then had this ability now to trust myself because the story that I told myself was I'm never able I'm never gonna get into a marriage I can't get married again after my divorce because I felt like for three years I was in a prison only having to not be able to sleep with that person because with somebody else it was like oh my god this is a prison why would I expose myself to this prison I need all this attention from many women I need all of this sexual validation externally especially when my wife and I were not connected we felt disconnected naturally I would be like alright it's time for me to you know whether it was a girlfriend and it happened in my marriage my first marriage after I got divorced I decided I'm never gonna get married again I don't think I'm marriage material I don't think I have the ability to not keep it in my pants let me know uh, you feel sick as I'm talking I, I, I exactly um, thank you for letting me know Jen uh, I, I it came with a trigger warning trigger proof doesn't mean triggerless it means having the uncomfortable conversation and Jen when you say I feel sick as he's talking that feeling that's coming up which I'm gonna explain to you where it comes from and your feelings and your triggers and lack of ability to um, regulate yourself when that happens in, in case you can feel sick but do you respond do you shout do you cry do you blame when that comes up or are you able to self-regulate because if you're able to self-regulate then the partner that you're with will be able to have a open conversation with you and feel safe in order to do so because for example if you're 
feeling sick as I'm talking. I don't want you to feel sick. I don't want to be responsible for you to feel that. So I'm going to avoid talking to you about it. And I'm going to keep this shame in the dark. I'm going to keep this shame in the dark. And shame fucking thrives in the dark. Shame is like having a party on Molly when it's in the dark. When it's in the dark, when shame's in the dark, shame is in the dark, it pops a Molly, turns on electronic music, and goes, woohoo! Shame thrives in the dark. And so when I turn on the light, it's painful, but what do we want? We want secure attachments. And in order to have secure attachments, we must be willing to have the courage to have these uncomfortable conversations. So thank you for letting me know, Jen. I really want you to pay attention because this is a very important conversation. It's been coming up a lot with the DMs that I'm getting with people who are struggling right now, post-COVID. COVID has been a great equalizer. All your shit basically bubbles to the surface and now you can't avoid it. It's right in your face and it comes out and it's been coming out. And my estimation is over the next year, more post-traumatic events from COVID is going to come out. And this relationship nonsense or the inauthenticities in our relationships are going to bubble to the surface. And they have been. And I've been getting the messages and it's been really interesting. And so that's what inspired this conversation. In order to do that, I had to sit down and really look at myself and own it. And so after my marriage was done, I just went on a string of dating promiscuity, girlfriends here and there, because I was like, you know, the divorce guy. 30, what would you do? You're uh, divorced. Uh, you didn't have that connection. And finally, you know, boom, you're free. I just went like a fucking maniac. And I convinced myself that I don't think I, I can ever get married again. It's not for me, because I'm never going to be able to tame the beast. Right? And... I had to really look at myself. Um, I read the book, you know, after I got divorced, I was like, all right, I'm on the dating scene again. All right, it's time for me to go get all this attention externally and get all this validation from women. This is my time because now I'm free. I can do it without guilt. Oh, fuck. I can now do it without guilt, right? I can now do it without guilt. So I bought the book by Neil Strauss called The Game. Neil Strauss. If you haven't read this book or you don't know who he is, he has become famous. He's a New York Times bestselling author who was a nerd who couldn't get laid and started looking up on the internet back in the early 2000s chat rooms about pickup artists that were basically teaching men how to have the courage and use tactics to be able to pick up women and sleep with them. And this started a boom of pickup artist um, chat rooms and in the early 2000s, especially in Sunset Boulevard in Los Angeles, which then led to a series of seminars. Neil Strauss was going and learning from all of these and interviewing all of these pickup artists, learning their techniques. And within a year and a half, he himself became one of the greatest pickup artists. And he shared in the book, The Game, which is kind of like a Bible. I don't know if you've ever read it. Let me know if you've ever read that book before. But I read that book. Why? Because I wanted to give myself the advantage of sleeping with as many women as possible. And convinced that I'm never going to get married. I'm never going to get married, never going to have kids. It's not for me. I, I have this issue 
and it's just not for it's not it's for some people it's for it's not for others i don't want to get in a relationship and then have to feel guilty for wanting to sleep with other people and so that was basically how i i i i played this and this was my mo and i read the book and it was like oh okay i mean i thought i was not most of the people who attended these seminars and bought the book were like people with really like very poor social skills they had zero courage they didn't know how to approach so they would learn techniques but most of those people were in the the uh those seminars that they would attend the pickup artist seminars it became big it's actually huge now neil strauss was kind of like the first one now there's like a billion of them and uh they they went out and they're teaching and what's what's happened is um after a while here's the interesting thing after he became the greatest pickup artist in the world and he wrote the book The Game, here's what happened. He realized that he couldn't turn it off. He realized he couldn't turn it off and he tried to get into a healthy relationship. But what ended up happening was every relationship he got into, he had to cheat. Like he couldn't, like he's in a, he's in, he's in a relationship, but then he's out for like drinks with the fellas and there's a beautiful woman sitting there. He couldn't hold himself back from going up and using the, 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 the game, right? Hold on one sec. Let me grab my, um, I got I to gotta plug in my battery. Give me one second. Hold that thought. Is this interesting to you so far? Are you intrigued about this? Yes, I, 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 I imagine you would be, because this has a relevancy to you, I promise. I don't know anybody who isn't touched by this thing, who hasn't had betrayal and infidelity in some way. So let me, tell, let me share this with you. So after he realizes that he is not able to um, regulate this impulse, he then checks himself into sex, Sexaholics Anonymous, or you know sex anonymous or whatever what what do you call it sexaholics anonymous and that was the beginning of his second book his second book that he wrote is called the truth and holy shit i'm highly recommending you to read that book or listen to it i would recommend you listen to that book it's called the truth by neil strauss basically in a nutshell he realized that like all the other pickup artists realize that the reason why they were going out and trying to seek all of that attention was and to score with the babes was because of their own insecurity and after doing this for a while and seeing the dysfunctional pattern they realize that okay there's something that i need to heal within myself because none of my relationships are working so after i read that book i was just like oh my god i feel so seen I feel so seen. I feel so validated. I feel like, oh my God, there's other people like me. Let me know if you can resonate with what I'm saying. And I'd love it if you were to to, to, um, to mention in the comments, have the courage to mention in the comment section so that I know that I'm not alone in this, okay? So after I read that, I was very inspired because it's a long book and it's uncomfortably true. Because the book, uh, he basically starts off, says, I hope my mother and father don't read this. I hope my mother doesn't read this. It was so disgustingly, uncomfortably truthful 
that I just fell in love with Neil Strauss and it journeys his story of becoming like like a sex addict who wasn't able to regulate himself with women and have a healthy relationship to is he able is he going to be able to get married and at the end of the day I don't want to I don't want to spoil it for you but he finishes that book and that was years ago when I finished the book and it just so happened and now he has a son I'm just letting you know he has a son I'll, I'll, I'll tell you right now he does get married I'm spoiling it for you he does get married and the book ends with him getting married anyway fast forward to today he's mar he, he has a son with that woman but after she after they had the baby her old traumas came up and she decided she didn't want to be married so that's where he is at now how do I know he's now my coach Neil Strauss is now my coach and he's basically I, I've hired him because I was so moved by his book and I'm part of his mastermind uh, and basically because I understand here's why here's why I'm part of his mastermind because I've never met anyone other than myself Neil Strauss other than myself who's so committed to working on himself and by working on yourself I'm not talking about going for a weekend and doing a mushroom trip or an ayahuasca trip and thinking that that's working on yourself because it's not taking a taking a plant medicine and then going unconscious is helpful especially when you're dissociated and you need to break the ice but a lot of us are using these things as a distraction from actually doing the real work okay I've done I've done one ayahuasca trip about three years ago and I had some profound revelations if you're leaning on it regularly instead of actually doing the work that's something for you to look at now what I discovered in working with him is because he's committed to the truth he's committed to the truth that's why the book is called the truth okay the game and the truth by Neil Strauss yeah the game and the truth he's committed to the truth and so am I and the truth shall set you free but first it will piss you off as Jen uh, Gerdel dare says I feel sick as he's talking the, because the truth is very triggering if you're feeling sick and triggered by what I'm saying what I'm gonna get you to do is just to look inside because this is very important for you to get this and I it's I've seen so many cases in our clientele with relationships that are breaking down because of sexual stuff that I'm like alright fuck Nima are you gonna talk about this well what are they gonna say they're gonna say well you're a chiropractor you're not supposed to be talking about this stuff you're out of your lane uh, you're not qualified you're uh, all of this all of my mental chatter that's been stopping me from actually having this conversation with you um, is what what I'm confronting right now to have this conversation so what I discovered as I've been doing my own healing work was that when I was five years old I was humping my pillow <laughs> when I was five years old and my mother caught me and in that moment she had a reaction and I remember it I can remember it even though I was five it's still I carry it with me and what did she do well what would a Persian mother do who's very religious and naturally she took me to the doctor because 
clearly something's wrong with me. The reason why I'm sharing that is because I didn't realize it at the time. Okay? I didn't I didn't realize it at the time, but in that moment an idea, a concept was planted in my mind that was Nima, your sexual desires and fantasies are not appropriate. Let me say that again. Your sexual desires, your fantasies are not appropriate. They're actually something to be ashamed of. It's not true, but my five-year-old egocentric mind watching my mother react to me completely made it true. Can you see that happening in your case? Can you relate to something like that? An old wound, let's call it a wound, we can call it trauma with a, cat, with a small t. I don't want to traumatize everything. It's a wound. Okay, there's worse wounds than being caught masturbating. There's worse traumas that can happen to my life than to be caught masturbating. But at the time, it was a pretty big fucking wound for me. And so here, a concept in my mind that your sexual desires are not appropriate. Now, I start being raised in the Baha'i faith, where you're not, by law, you're not supposed to have sex before you're married. Before you're married. Okay, now here's the other problem. My body was desiring something different. And so, once again, one implanted thought and belief that's deep in my subconscious, it's actually not even in the conscious mind. Here's the key. It's not even here. It's here. It's in my brain stem. The belief that I'm, I'm supposed to feel ashamed for my desires isn't a cognitive process that I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I should be ashamed of my sexual desires. No, 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 no. It's actually in my body. My body feels shame for wanting what I want and desiring what I want. There's shame about it. Second, it gets that shame becomes reinforced with my religious beliefs. Third, that shame then becomes reinforced when I'm dating somebody and I don't have, because I'm emotionally immature, I don't have the courage to speak my truth. I haven't done my healing work. I'm still living with shame. So I'm going to hide that part of me. And instead of telling my girlfriend when I'm in my teens or 12, you know, 17, 18, that I, you know, say yes to everyone and I want as much attention as possible and one isn't enough for me because if you pull away from me based on my other abandonment wounds if you pull away from me and I don't have your validation I can't live with myself so I have to have about three or four others that I can choose from to distract myself from the pain of my own shame let me know if you can resonate with this okay so that's that's that shame I'm holding on to I get into relationships and then I I don't share that part of me God forbid fuck you don't share this kind of shit with people. I mean, I'm sharing it with a group of some colleagues, some, you know, clients, whole bunch of strangers now in front of a fucking camera, putting myself on the line. It's not easy. <laughs> but at, certainly as a 17-year-old, I'm not going to say this to a girlfriend. So then I get to see the impact when she discovers that I'm cheating and she feels completely betrayed not knowing that it's not about her but she then because of her wounding feels so devastated 
and boom, more shame. So by the age of about 22, 23, 24, I'm carrying fucking truckloads of shame about what my core desires are. But here's the thing. The shame isn't conscious. It's in my body. It's in my lies. It's in my physiology. It's in my sneaking around. It's in my, um, you know, hiring prostitutes here and there. Just kind of like high-risk behaviors. It's in these types of activities that it's hidden because it's not safe to be expressed externally. Why? Because look how everyone's going to get triggered and make it about them. There is no safe place to talk about it. So I keep it in the dark. I keep it hidden in the dark. I don't want anyone to know. And here's what's funny. The guys that I work with, about 100% of them who are type A CEOs, guess, guess what percentage of, of them can relate to me. Take a wild guess. All of them. Well, there was one guy that can't relate. He was a beta, though. The beta males can't relate. The alpha males totally can. Does this make sense? And they all feel the same shame, and many of them are coming to me after an infidelity. It's like, how do we fucking fix this? I see you, bro. I'm not saying just bro, because this happens with women as well. This is not a masculine, feminine thing. I'm going to relabel them so you can get... I'm going to relabel instead of saying the guy, the girl, because that's typecasting sexes. It's not like that. It happens both ways. We'll call it the wanderer and the betrayed. Okay? So, what happens? This shame buried... With both parties, by the way, that's, that's one side. The second part is the betrayed part. You take a person who, growing up, experienced exactly all. Okay, beta male. Alpha male, type A, the dominant. Beta male is kind of like a uh, non-dominant, submissive male. Okay, alpha male, beta male. Good question. Okay, all of them, absolutely. So... Here's the other part of it. That's the wanderer side of it. Now I'm going to give you the other side of it. You have the, the, the betrayed, where she, or well, I'll say she, grows up in a household, or he grows up in a household where he experiences, she experiences an infidelity in the marriage. The mother cheated or the father cheated and experiences betrayal. Okay? experiences betrayal now this person's betrayed and sees the impact of it now the egocentric eight-year-old self doesn't look at parents that are having infidelity thing about them of course the egocentric child makes it about them makes it about themselves oh he betrayed me dad cheated on mom and I'm like okay yeah so dad cheated on mom yeah so what did you make that mean about you well that I'm not good enough oh look at you making it about you and it's not your fault that's what our egocentric wounded inner children make it all about and that wound stays with us that betrayal wound it's there it's deep and here's the problem with our unresolved wounds 
they become lenses at which we look at the entire world. We look at the entire world based on this betrayal wound. Because of that wound, or whatever wound, abuse wound, neglect wound, whatever, now the entire world is seen through this lens. Then you get into a relationship in high school. And guess what? Boom! It, it happens there. Because teenagers <laughs> with complete unconscious relationships without understanding secure attachments, okay? It happens and now boom, that wound. Or maybe you had a sexual trauma, okay? You had a sexual trauma with, which is probably now about we, at least 50% of girls growing up. I don't know what the stats are, but the majority. If you haven't had it, you're of the minority, okay? Some form of it, okay? Guy or girl, we've all had some form of it, a wounding or a trauma, whichever one. Now, each one of those woundings and traumas become rocks in our backpack and we carry it with us to the next relationship and it becomes our lens. And here's the fucked up part about these wounds. These wounds, especially if they're open wounds, we have a tendency to attract events in our lives that bump up these wounds because our higher self has a desire to complete it. Let me say it again. Any unresolved wound from your past you carry with you and you attract unconsciously like a magnet. It's, and by the way, this isn't victim blaming. It's not your fault at all because you have no idea about it. But there's an unconscious desire within your nervous system to actually complete it and go full circle. And this incomplete, which is an open wound, you will keep bumping into because your nervous system desires you to actually to, to, to flush it through, to process it properly. So you're constantly battling those same wounds, the same patterns. Again, why do I... Like I saw this guy, he came in and... Um, his big issue is, is why is it that every woman that I date cheats on me? It's been a string of them, five in a row. All women are cheaters. And I'm just like, fuck, that didn't happen to me. I don't have that experience. I'm, I'm usually the one that, does, like, I, I've actually never had it happen that I'm aware of. It has always been the opposite. And, and it just so happens that as I kind of got to know him a little more, it turned out that his mother cheated on his father. Well, fuck. That wound of a five-year-old boy, six-year-old actually he was, he's literally carrying with him like an open wound and it just becomes a magnet. And it's a the universe's kind of funny way of, I don't want to use the word forcing, but giving us an opportunity to heal those fragmented parts of us if we just know how, if only we know how. We just haven't been taught how. So we walk around with these wounds and they keep accumulating. And then we're so triggered, we don't even want to fucking talk about it. Just look how uncomfortable you are in this whole conversation. You don't want to talk about this. It's like money. You don't want to talk about money either. Nobody wants to talk about it. These are uncomfortable conversations we don't have. We bury the shame and it thrives. And instead of talking about it and expressing, we get into situations where we suppress. And guess what happens to your energy when you suppress it? Does it go away? Take a wild guess what happens to your energy when you suppress it. 
when you suppress this energy, what happens? It fucking takes over. It takes over. It becomes massive. It runs your whole life. It drives the bus. And then you have to discharge it. Going to Sin City. One of my good friends is a, he's a male uh, lap dancer, dancer, who, um, this is a true story. It's not even a joke. Love the guy. He paid his way through university to get his PhD by lap dancing and being a male prostitute. <laughs> and he's one of my good friends. He's actually one of my best friends. And I asked him, I, he said, I've basically, I've seen it all. He goes, I, like, they come for the weekend and they just do whatever. And then they go back to their daily lives because they're not able to express their truth. So they need to discharge it somehow. And that's why Sin City is there. Sin City is the place where America and the world express what they've been repressing because of shame. So what do you do? What do we do? Well, first and foremost, the first step to healing this, if you've gone through an infidelity, if you're going through this push-pull and you're fragmented because of this story, your first, because your emotions are going to go through the roof. Your first job, whether you're the wanderer, I'm going to talk to the wanderer and I'm going to talk to the betrayed right now, both of you. I'm going to talk to both of you right now and tell you what your options are moving forward. If you are that wanderer, I tell this to my clients. All right, man, this is what you like CEO clients, successful guys. I go, all right, so this is what you got facing you. And I can relate because I have the same thing. I got the exact same mind virus that you do. You and I are the same. We have the same thing. That's why I'm talking about it right now. And I'm consistently working with it, having the conversations, being involved with coaches and men's groups and expressing myself because I know that if I don't talk about it, this thing which comes from an old wound will fucking take over my life. So I want to lead by example and have a space free for you to express yourself here. And uh, this is in all of our programs that we do, this is basically how we do it. So I'm going to talk to the wanderer right now. The type A, the one who wanders. Okay, so what do you do? What do you do? Number one, first and foremost, is you own your fucking shame about it. You own the fact that your shame, like, number one, here's the thing. The reason, here's what I want to say to you. The reason why you're so successful, because by the way, I, this is me talking to myself. This is part of the work that I did with me. By the way, by the end of this work, you, I was able to now have the confidence in myself and the trust, not in my partner, but the trust in myself. I trust myself now to be in a long-term relationship because I know how to dance with that dark passenger now. It's work, and you can't do it just by numbing yourself or sedating. It actually is by confronting it, which is extremely uncomfortable. Very. Do you think it's easy for me to have this conversation with you? No, but it's the work, and it's something that I'm committed to by leading by example even though this conversation is not comfortable. So the first thing that I had to do was to basically say, Nima, this desire within you to spread your seed around is actually part of the creative impulse that's made you successful. 
Let me say that again. This impulse within me that wants to go out and check out everybody and see everyone and sleep with everyone and do all that that's within me is part of the creative impulse that has led me to be as successful as I am. Okay? Could be worse, could be better, but I've gotten to where I am and I'm pretty damn fulfilled for where I'm at right now and I have it's just the beginning and that's in large part because of that part of me. So the first step, wanderer, is to put your hand on your chest and say, I acknowledge that that part of me exists. That's a big step because you've been programmed all your life and all the people you've hurt because of it and all the destruction that you've had and all the shame that you had, all the prostitutes prostitutes you've hired and the 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 infidelity that you've had and the cheating and the affairs and all of this stuff is shameful so for me to actually say embrace that part of you is kind of like a mind fuck because it's like is Nima saying that to, to encouraging me to do that because I get accused of that when you take it out of context that's what it sounds like I'm saying and certainly these are one of your options I tell I tell people I say number one wanderer option number one is this is a part dark part of you so go ahead and get married and do what like 90 percent of ceo successful ceo men do a large percentage 80 to 90 percent of them do which is get married hide that part in shame and just keep going you know doing your thing on the side wherever it be you know like i have some some of my uh guy friends that i know they'll be like you know i don't i don't uh, shit in my own neighborhood. I don't shit where I eat. It's only when I travel. Like, that's one option for you if you want to live that way. Here, like, that's one of the more common ways of handling it because you're not complete with yourself. You haven't healed your sexual traumas. You have so much shame and you know that your partner hasn't done her work to be able to hold space for that. She would completely lose her shit. She would completely lose her shit about it. So you can't have that conversation with her. Hell no. So go ahead and just keep doing that. Here's the dark side of that. That's one side. You get benefits and there's drawbacks of that. There's a benefit there. So you don't have to have the uncomfortable conversation. Drawback is your health will suffer. I've seen this again and again and again. People will get into chronic pain. One of, our, one of the cases we worked with, uh, her husband was doing this for 15 years. And I'm like, what's his health like? She's like, his health is fine. And I'm like, really? What's his health like? She's like, oh, he's had five back surgeries. I'm like, bingo. It's not about his spine. <laughs> I know this as a chiropractor. He's tried chiropractic. He's done everything. His back won't get better. But all of a sudden, when he has surgery, now he doesn't have to deal with the guilt. So what will happen is that guilt and shame will be left unaddressed. And it will turn into addictions. You become addicted to it. And it will turn into health problems, crises. Your health problem or crises, I'm telling you from a healthcare provider now, this is why I teach this stuff now. Because in the office, I'm seeing these health problems. And I'm, I want to deal with the real issue, which is this. Your health problems will show up as a distraction from certain feelings and emotions that you're not ready or prepared to actually confront and feel. So your body will start to break down around you. You'll get anxiety. You'll get depression. You'll have addictions. You'll have digestive problems. You'll have chronic pain. 
these are the most common ones one of the one of the gals that i was dating um eons ago this was happening to her she was in an 11 year relationship with a guy he was having a double life so three days out of the week he was with her two days out of the week he was with somebody else and i'm like holy fuck i'm just like the amount of energy that would take to lie and to be engaged in that for 11 years i was like what was his health like she's like he had chronic inflammatory bowel disease i'm like no shit literally no shit and lots of shit so you can choose wanderer you can choose that that's option number one for you that's what you will do if that's what you, if you're going to deal with it that way but here are the consequences those are the consequences anxiety um addictions uh you want to go you know just distract yourself with partying and all of this stuff because of that incongruency so there's a pleasure and a pain either way next option wanderer here's what you do you deal with the shame you embrace that that's a part of you and you lean in to why why is it so important to you to be having this high-risk behavior why is it exciting to you to get that person's attention lean into getting approval from this person uh, or, or having these you know sexual encounters like what is it that you're getting out of it like what what's missing that this is giving you and here's what you'll notice that comes from a wound from adolescence usually from the guilt and the shame like me when I was five years old for example or adolescence wherever it is it comes from an old trauma and our adapted adolescent from our wounded child and adapted adolescent seeks intensity all the time and incomplete with a adapted adolescent seeks intensity so when it shows up not if but when it shows up if you've done the work properly to heal those old attachment wounds those old traumas those old baggages that you're carrying you're able to experience the desire for somebody else and know exactly where it comes from and be able to self-soothe that again and again and again because you have now expanded your functional adult within you emotionally matured to the point where your life is more than just about seeking instant gratification in other words option one requires no no growth for you as a wanderer option one is to have your little cake and eat it too it requires no growth it requires a lot of lying it, it, there'll be pleasure that you'll get momentary highs but then the pain will be the impact on your physiology because in order to be to become okay with the shame and guilt you have to actually dissociate from your body which will then create illness to help you reassociate with your body um, this happened with one of our clients she was dealing with paralyzing anxiety she could not function and she's a hairdresser married and she's like I get panic attacks and I need your help and I'm like okay so she jumps in and we start working with her and on our first call I was like alright so tell me the fucking truth this is what I do I work with people I'm not like a psychiatrist counselor I'm just like your guide on the side that you trust to go up that mountain towards self-love and secure attachments and I looked at her I'm like alright you can't bullshit a bullshitter tell me what's up 
And she goes, okay, here goes. Seven years ago, I caught my husband watching. He, he used to be in the military and in Korea. So I walked in on him watching Asian porn. I had a little chuckle about that because I thought that was cute. <laughs> but that, I digress. I caught him watching Asian porn. And in that moment, I decided that I wasn't good enough for him. So I called up my old high school flame, who was always into me. And I started an affair with him. So she starts having this affair with him. Interestingly enough, for seven years. And soon after the affair, she starts getting spotting in her, in her underwear and goes to the doctor and a few months later discovers that she has endometriosis. So, interesting. She has endometriosis soon after the lie, the incongruency. Slowly, her, her, her health started to decline. Over time, it started to decline. After about the seven-year mark, the doctors decided, you need a hysterectomy. So, she was still maintaining this affair with this guy, not telling her husband. The day, the morning after her surgery, she wakes up from her hysterectomy and boom, starts getting panic attacks. And had panic attacks for two years until the point that I talked to her interesting story because before the before the lie was able to be dispelled in the endometriosis but then you take out the endometri the endometrium her uterus and now there's no organ to express that lie so naturally it turns to panic attacks and anxiety and I'm like, ah, okay. So we did a little bit of my overview uh, uh, method, which helps you go back to the earliest wound of why she behaved the way she did. Guess what happened? When she was younger, she experienced an infidelity. Her father cheated on her mother, and she felt betrayed. Funny that, isn't it? She feels betrayed, and she's angry and resentful towards her father. And that incomplete feeling of betrayal, like I told you before, is in her body and she ends up behaving it to kind of help her become full circle and love all parts of herself and her father. Not knowing it, she acts out in with infidelity and the day that she wakes up with panic attacks, she's like, I can't do this, I can't do that affair anymore. So she broke up with the guy right after. But for two years, she's been dealing with panic attacks. Interesting. So I had her, so I told her, I said, so I told her, I said, okay, so once we got her complete with that and she understood herself and why she chose to do what she did and dissolved her past trauma with her father and healed and what I had her do was to go and have a conversation with him and restore that, you know, call herself out and say, you know, I was judging you this whole time and I became you. And so I'm here to heal all of that and to start a new relationship with you. She called herself out, healed that relationship with her father, then and told her father about her own infidelity and bonded with him. And together they approached the husband and she shared with her husband about what happened. Ha! That's courage. That took a lot of fucking courage. That wasn't easy for her to do. That was not easy for her to do. But guess what? Get, get, guess what? 
right? No more anxiety after that. Her anxiety healed instantly. Now I say this to you because after that infidelity and it all came to light, the conversation was had, healing was had, old traumas were resolved, and then she was able to have a secure attachment with him. He shared some of his, they shared each other, and they took off the masks, and now the relationship became even playing field. And here's an interesting thing. Infidelity and all of this is either your way out of a relationship or it's a way actually back in, and that's up to you. It's entirely up to you. It's your choice of exactly how you want to play it. It could be your ticket out. In many cases we've worked with, this was your ticket out. I was like, what was the benefit of them of, of her cheating on you? I remember working with Avon, and he, he had a, a, a trauma, a betrayal trauma, and his girlfriend cheated on him. And when we saw him at the overview experience, and we worked through that, and he was like, oh my God, she set me free. I didn't want to be in that relationship. It was codependency, and I needed to leave, but I didn't have the courage to leave because I was trying to fix her and solve her. And finally, she gave me a way out, and she had, he had tears of gratitude for her. He ends up calling her and saying, for five years, I've been mad at you. I just I want to set you free of the guilt, and I want to be free as well. They completely got complete with that. His power was you know elevated his self-esteem went up and and his courage to you know get a better job and to expand himself and to be more to have greater intimacy was totally elevated by doing the work so wanderers option number one for you is to go out and to have that double life and to just keep it hidden in the dark there's benefits, but the drawbacks are it's going to cost you your health and completely when the truth eventually comes out, there is a, a, a feeling of devast devastation and betrayal that is very, very difficult to repair. It's very difficult. Okay, You can if you're committed. Any, There's no rules, uh, but it's going to take a lot of work. So that's option number one. Option number two, Wanderer, is you clear your shame and heal the wounded inner child within you that had the sexual shame, the traumas, whatever. And to heal those woundings and to work on tools to trigger-proof yourself to your impulses so that they don't actually run your life. You can then, here's what the benefit is, you then channel them properly within your relationship, within your work as... Um, uh, what's the guy named, the guy who, who wrote Think and Grow Rich? Remind me, the guy, Napoleon Hill, who wrote Think and Grow Rich. It's called transmutation of that sexual energy that you go trying to conquer this way, which is a huge distraction, and you're able to channel it into service. That is what the game that I'm, that is the game that I've committed my entire life to. Why? Because there's nothing more important than that. If you think that um, you think that you know all the other aspects of your life won't improve by you taking on that work, you're wrong. Every aspect of your life improves by going all in and doing the work on that. You start to emotionally mature. 
you start to be able to tell the truth you're able to take off the mask you're not so ashamed of yourself you have the tools that when these symptoms come up you're not suppressing yourself all the time you're actually embracing parts of you and now you have the foundation to create a secure healthy attachment dare I say it with somebody else who's might be equally fair game to love you for who you are imagine that possibility of finding somebody who loves you for all parts of you even your fucking deviant parts because that's part of you why not channel that deviance if you're able to integrate it that's what's available to you my wanderer friends guy or girl male or female doesn't matter either way the same rules apply now for the betrayed if you've been betrayed let me know I just want to see what you guys... Has this been landing for you? Yeah. Seek physical validation or, or you close up entirely and net, let no one, no one in? Absolutely, Nicole. 100%. Either way, Nicole... Here You've been listening to the Trigger Proof Podcast designed to teach you the most important skill necessary for a dramatically changing world, which is nervous system regulation. Becoming Trigger Proof doesn't mean trigger less it means learning how to regulate ourselves to bring us back to center so that we can then be governed by our purpose rather than from our wounds anytime there's reactivity there's a wound and if you're curious and inspired to learn more join us at breathwork and badassery or the overview experience and a combination of both actually helps you do the work. There's a difference between listening to a podcast and actually showing up live and doing the work with a badass community who's all about breaking cycles of intergenerational trauma. It didn't start with you, but it can end with you if you're willing to do the work. See you at the next perfect time. Here's the key. It's an intimacy disorder. Either way, whether you internalize and you don't let anyone in or you externalize it by trying to validate yourself, either one of those two, it results in what I call an intimacy disorder, which is why the title of my programs and everything that I do is about upgrading intimacy, being able to have the courage to tell the truth even on fucking camera and talk about shameful things about yourself because you're so complete with who you are and you have such a dedication to use it not just kind of like you know self-indulgingly just tell people about shit but actually do it for a purpose put yourself on the line for a purpose not just to be liked or you know whatever it's actually for a purpose Hey, mentions emotional. I go back and forth with this when it comes to being willing to participate in new relationships or just shutting everyone out completely. Yes, if you shut everyone out completely, which is another thing that you can do, Nicole, um, that is an intimacy disorder. That's a wounded inner child. There's some healing to do. There's some opportunities. I'm going to tell you exactly what to do, how to do that. This is exactly why, uh, why we do this. What's the name of that book? Um, all right, childhood trauma. Perfect takes over the entire human beautiful good so here's some advice I don't want to say advice for the betrayed now what do you do when it comes up and you've discovered this betrayal your work is this 
You can either react, this is what most your wounded self will do, react, cause a stir, throw a tantrum. How could you do this to me? You do this to me. You betrayed me. How could you do this to me? Oh. That's option number one, which is what your inner child will want to do, which is totally normal, which would make sense. That's option number one. And then to shut yourself down and to run away and say all men are assholes, all women are cheaters, whatever story that you make up, and you carry that wound with you, and guess what happens? You now have a new lens with a thicker lens of betrayal. Guess what you're going to see in your next relationship and be hyper-focused on or end up becoming a betray another betrayal? That's option number one. Option number two is to lean into the betrayal feelings. This is the more difficult option. Option number one, there's no investment required. There's no work required. In fact, it's the opposite of work. It's, I absolve myself of all responsibility. It's his fault. I'm a victim. And now you're out in the world. That's the benefit. That's the pleasure of that because there's no work involved. The pain of that is that everyone in the world will become your perpetrator. You are looking around with perpetrator lenses. Everybody will look like a perpetrator to you. That's the drawback. Option number two is, for you as the betrayer, betrayed, is to lean into the betrayal and feel it fully because it sucks, believe me. I've been on both sides of the fence. Um, when, I was, when I was younger, I still remember it. It hurt a lot. I was 18, uh, my heart broken. But it's to lean into that, lean into the grief and to go back to the earliest wounding where it began, your earliest trauma, your sexual traumas, your emotional baggage, your emotional traumas that you've gone through from your father, from your mother, from your ex, from your abuser, all of them. And to go and to reconnect with those parts of you. Because if you don't connect with those many parts of you that are wounded, they are still with you, but they're unconscious. And they are meeting their match. They're looking for reunion with a match and they will find it because you can't ignore them. They won't be ignored. The more you ignore those wounded parts of you, the louder they become, the more they take over your life, the more triggered you become, the more dysregulated you become, and your chances of having a secure attachment go down the drain. And this is not about victim blaming. This is not about blaming the victim because none of this is your fault. None of it is your fault. None. Let me let me say that again for you when you DM me saying, how dare you, you fucking victim blamer. None of this is your fault. You are not to blame. However, there's an opportunity and a responsibility of looking at what's coming up for you and seeing what comes up. And Rose says, what if you don't remember? Good question. Your memories don't show up like a file drawer. They're showed up in your body. When you have the right technique, Rose, you're able to drop in into the feelings of the betrayal and go back to the earliest memories where they come up. And they will show up. 100% of people come to us and say, I don't have memories of childhood. And I say, they will show up. We can get them out of you. That's what the overview method that I've come up with exposes. It comes out in breath work. There's, it, your memories are not here, Rose. Your memories are here. They show up like this. So they must be accessed through here. And you have to have the right tools and guide to be able to help you. And so it's possible. Okay?
your work as the betrayed is to go back and heal those. And should I stay or should I go while I do this? This is the question. This is a trauma bond that you guys have gotten yourselves into with this infidelity thing. You're, you're here for a reason. There's a reason why this is happening. And the reason is, is you have magnetized each other often as a trauma bond, which is this emotional kind of up and down, you know, familiarity from a past thing that is unresolved. Do we leave and heal it or do we stay and heal it? That depends on you. That entirely depends on you. Um, healing, the first part that we do with our clients is we help regulate the nervous system. If you're in a situation, like some of our clients, where just being around that person sends you into a fight or flight, then yes, it, 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 it's a lot wiser for you to maybe create space if you have that availability, if you can move somewhere to create that separation. When I went through this in my last relationship, my last toxic one where we were in a trauma bond, it wasn't really about infidelity. Um, <clears throat> it was just about uh, just codependency in general. I knew that I needed to move away. So I moved away and I started to do the work that I'm teaching now. Everything that I'm teaching now is not just something I read in a book. In fact, it's all what I've experienced and studied through neuroscience. I, I actually, not only am I the president, I'm also a client. So what you do is you can take the time and separate. Depends on how how resourced you are. Or this could be an opportunity if both parties, this is the cool part, if both parties are committed, you can use the relationship as a spiritual practice so that after a few months of doing the work, you can then see from a from a healed place from a place of healed wounds rather than open scar open wounds from a place of the scars rather than open wounds you can go yeah this is a new relationship i'm all in and we're now on to a next level that's even better than before fully trusting fully owning our part in the dynamic because quite frankly if i shut down if i'm with you as a partner and i shut my body down and dissociate from you of course I'm setting the stage for because I'm so resentful towards you of course I'm setting the stage that you're gonna go to work and have somebody give you attention and then that be a risk I I have to take responsibility for my own shutdown that contributed possibly to this not my fault but my step in the dance why because I want to create a secure attachment because I want to be, rather than sitting back and hoping that it comes to me, I want to become the kind of person that is regulated enough where I'm in a relationship with you and you can tell me the truth. And I'm able to hold space for myself first and then hold space for you. Because if I don't do that, you're going to hide your truth from me because you don't feel safe of expressing it. And then you're going to fucking tell that truth somewhere else. Somewhere else is going to have that feel, have you be able to feel uh, safe to feel the, the tell the truth if it's not me it's going to be somewhere and if I'm in a marriage with you if I'm in a relationship with you I want to be that person I want to become the kind of person that's able to regulate himself because there's nothing more triggering than the truth so for the betrayed your work is to not blame it on him not excuse me not blame it on yourself but take a pause and not jump to conclusions and possibly use this time to self-reflect and self-heal 
while they do their own healing, hopefully, hopefully together. The cool part about this weekend, we're about to do the overview experience. We have several couples that are in that limbo state who are dealing with that very thing. And I have the utmost privilege of being able to help guide them back to themselves so they can so they can have the answer of what to do next not coming from me because I don't have the answer but you have the answer but it's the answer is totally blocked by all this emotional charge by all this guilt by all this shame by all this blame you can't see the forest from the trees which makes sense because you're not actually talking as a functional adult you're speaking as a wounded child or an adolescent and to make that secure attached relationship work you must be willing to grow into that functional adult and that is exactly what I'm dedicated to does this resonate with you did this message resonate with you let me know what your takeaway was in this conversation because I really want to facilitate healing the only thing I'm interested in is not blaming you but it's actually healing hold on one second here let me bring you the link is healing that's all I'm caring that's all I care about because people message me and they send me their text messages screen captures look at what he did look at what we caught what do you think I should do and I'm like dude no decisions can be made in a space when you are so fucking triggered your number one thing is to go back and heal those attachment wounds that's it both parties if you're willing to do the work you can't avoid this you can't avoid this whether you do this on Sunday with our overview experience okay either you do this with the overview experience or let me see if I can actually give you the link I'm gonna put the link in the comment section here it is right here only attract women I don't want a secure attachment I'm smart haha <laughs> abandoned by mother as a baby exactly Dalj now when you do the work that's beyond just the cognitive finding benefits owning the traits which is great I love John he's my John's my fucking hero after you first connected with that younger part and resource them and usually takes a good three to six months of deep practice in that conversation you're now able to well I'll tell you now I I'm able to do what I never thought was possible I have a relationship with somebody who I can be myself around literally she's listening to this entire conversation and I don't have anything to hide from her about it she knows about my past she knows all the shitty things that I've done <laughs> shitty things well I say shitty but I was unconscious at the time and I completely see and understand myself now after the work of doing it and it's ongoing <clears throat> and we're both committed to getting uncomfortable taking off the mask and having these uncomfortable conversations because the reward on the other side of that painful uh, uncomfortable conversation I'd rather not have is a healthy fucking relationship and there's nothing more important to your life your business your health than a secure attachment at home and that's what this entire methodology is all about that's what this group is all about this community is all about all of my trainings are all about that's the most important thing to me I stand for healed families and you can heal this we've had a case of a couple who are he's a chiropractor she was his uh, office manager they had six uh, offices around Australia super duper successful all of a sudden infidelity was found out and it was gonna destroy them in their empire 
people we work together and we heal those attachment wounds and guess what they are actually stronger than they've ever been and we've also seen cases where people were in that limbo they went in they didn't know whether they should stay or they should go came in did the work healed those attachment wounds cleared the past learned the tools to self-regulate and then in a heart opening manner she was able to say I'm ready to leave now this isn't about saving your marriage this is about getting you so connected with you and healing those wounds so that you can if you're gonna leave you're leaving the right person you're not you're not divorcing your mother or father you're actually divorcing the person because you've healed with your mother and you've already divorced your mother and father in other words part of the overview experience and overview method and, and all of this work is to finally divorce yourself from your parents <laughs> because that entanglement is fucking up your relationship and so you're in a trauma bond should you leave or should you go well it depends ideally both if you're both willing to work at it and use the relationship as spiritual practice you'll both grow to a an unimaginable amazing height me and my ex-wife are friends her mother has you know doesn't have long to live and I'm here to like she's not she's in Australia and I'm happy to be able to support her family as best I can because we've worked on those wounds and every un unhealed wound that you're carrying with you from one relationship after another a sexual trauma literally you're carrying it with you to your next relationship and I'm not saying this to fault you and I'm not saying this to blame you because it's not your it's not your fault I'm saying here it is it's your responsibility to learn how to unpack that baggage and let it go and the overview experience that we're doing on Sunday, it's in a couple of days, is designed to teach you the step-by-step -step methodology and get you started in the process of healing those attachment wounds. Let me know if this has been relevant for you. What questions do you have about this? I'm happy to answer. If you're on the fence about joining on Sunday to actually do this, like I'm super duper stoked for those of you who are coming. We have our community, we do this once a month, um, and we open up space for people who aren't like already clients, practice members, like members to come in and experience the magic and hopefully get you engaged in the conversation of healing rather than the victim, perpetrator, hero, drama triangle. And so I can't wait to teach it to you. And uh, let me know if this was relevant for you, what you got out of it, what your greatest takeaway was, and send me a DM if you would, uh, if you have any questions and you want one of our last spots. I'm super stoked to to be joining, and this was a very difficult uh, uh, transmission for me. Uh, I hope it served you, and uh, I will see you at the next perfect time.